Hey everyone, welcome to episode 49 of Devon's Daily Crypto Tips. So we're going to be speaking about fake fans, volume and value in today's episode. And I know what you're thinking, why is he speaking to me? So I thought, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, crypto podcasts, and I kind of do a newsletter. Um, so I thought I'd combine the two and have a newsletter which also has an audio podcast built into it. So all of the subscribers, paying subscribers will get this every day. And those that are on the free subscriber list, you'll get these episodes once or twice a week. So I'll be speaking, pretty much reading out the newsletter, providing a bit more of my opinion, kind of having more of a conversation conversation about these topics through the, the audio. So, and if you want to drive and listen to, to it instead of trying to read it at work or whatever, you can do that instead. Obviously, listen to it like via Bluetooth. <laughs> Don't try and like look at your phone. But you know what I mean? It's easier for some people. Some people prefer audio. Some people prefer to read. So, hope you enjoy this new feature. If you do, please leave me some feedback saying, yeah, please keep this in and I'll ensure to do this every day. It's not going to be perfect. You know, I'm not a great like speaker, you know, I'll slow and all of this stuff. But you know, I thought this would be useful for some people. I'll try to keep it slow uh, and get straight into it. So yes, we're speaking about fake fans, volume and value. This episode is really going to cover the, the top four topics for today. Today is Friday the 22nd of March and the, the four topics are back to getting a $740 million valuation. So this is huge. Tron and USDT promising 20% return interest, which is worrying. Three, LBank and BitZ claim to have more volume than Binance, according to CoinMarketCap and sources, which again is something worth looking into. And four, a bit of a weekly summary. You know, it's Friday now, we're going into the weekend. What's happened this week? Long story short, not much in terms of price action, but a lot going on in terms of development. So I hope you enjoy this episode. This is episode 49 and let's get into it. So the first thing I want to touch on is Bact getting a $740 million valuation. So Bact, which has yet to release their crypto institutional trading platform or any investment products, uh, they've seemed to reach a $700 million valuation figure based on the seed investment from the, the initial investors, which are rumored to be like Starbucks, uh, Ice Exchange, etc. Now, how can you get this high of a valuation without, you know, any products and uh, it's interesting because uh, what they propose to do is release a like a trading uh, fee on, on the ice platform which will only have a, a proposed fee of 50 cents per contract which is relatively cheap i did some research so the next contract like the cheapest is like seven times that amount so in order to really make a profit that and back to said this themselves they're going to need a significant amount of, of volume now the problem here is volume in the bear market is very very low so i suspect what happened was during the 2017 volume when back was like kind of initially being concepted they saw the amount of volume which was further increasing and they thought right this is what we should do they went ahead with it volume just declined from there it's kind of the two they've gone too far to go like to stop now i do think volume will eventually pick up and exceed those levels back in 2017 but with back already delaying their launch the question is have they delayed their launch because they are waiting for the volume uh, kind of, some people are saying, well, will their launch increase the volume? Like it, it could, it very much could. And more people could get into cryptos because it's, you know, institutional trading platforms. Uh, people prefer investing via that route. But it, it is worth noting that um, the investors of the shareholders in BACT may choose to withdraw their investment on the basis of BACT continuously, continuously delaying the release of their product. And it's just worth considering the reasoning behind why they're delaying this. And I personally think, yeah, it's because the volume is very low. They're probably worried about uh, turning over a profit. So I, I think they're going to take some moves to try and increase volume, um, whether that's gathering a larger institutional client base first or continuously delaying, hoping the market will just pick up. I'm not sure, but I, I'm looking forward to the release of BACT. I have been for a very long time. And yeah, it's just interesting to see such a high 
high valuation, which is, you know, especially seen as they've only had a seed round investment, there's still like Series A, Series B that can be done. So we could be seeing the next valuation being in the billions of dollars, which is incredible for um, a company that doesn't have a product. <laughs> but yeah, so that's just my thoughts on point number one. It's worth looking into, worth keeping an eye out on. Um, I do think Bact might have a boost to the market, like we might see a couple hundred billion dollars come back into the market. Um, but I don't think it'll be released anytime soon. I think we've still got a couple more months at least. So yeah, I'm keeping an eye on it and obviously I will let you know in the newsletter. So then we have Tron. I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with Tron, but in particular Justin's son. The most recent news is that Tron and USDT, I'm not sure how they're partnered with this uh, tether, they're promising a 20% interest ROI uh, if you invest in Tron on certain exchanges. Now this is a very bold move from Justin's son. Um, so if you buy Tron, uh, if you buy some token, I don't know what it's called, I think it's US Omni, and swap it to Tron, what they'll do is they'll give you 20% interest uh, from the 30th of April to the 4th of May, and then the interest rates go down and down. So over 100 days, you get such a large amount of interest. Uh, but the big question I have is, where is this money coming from? Do you know what I mean? Tron hasn't really got a working product producing uh, capital they're taking money that the investors have put into Tron out of the market cap, out of their holdings, and they're pushing it back into the ecosystem to promote growth. They're trying to stimulate growth by getting people in there. Yeah, yeah, look, we're giving you all this money. And what screams, you know, it's, it's alarm bells are ringing in my head is because this is just stuff like BitConnect. All Ponzi schemes do this. They lure people in by giving them money. No, that's not what you need to be doing. You need to be building a working product that can really, you know, go and impact the world, a commercialized product which companies want to use. But instead, it just seems like Justin's been doing everything he can to kind of just get people to buy into Tron because they get free stuff. Like he's giving away a Tesla. Like he did a, a promotion recently. If you follow him, you might you might win a Tesla, which is great. But it's like, what are your, you shouldn't be doing that. As a CEO, you should be focused on building a core product and getting your message out there, partnerships, you know, et cetera, all those responsibilities. So it seems a, a bit weird. Now, uh, if you're listening to this, you won't see the image, but the image just says, you know, $20 million incentive plan uh, for people who do this. There's no hard cap on the, the on this. So in other words, they will spend as much as they need to or as much as possible on this interest plan, which I was very confused about. It's almost like they've got an unlimited pot of money, uh, but where's that coming from? It's coming from the investors' pockets. Um, the second side note I kind of put in here is because it's, it's interesting to see what Justin Sun is doing. I saw a guy on Twitter, he re recently shared a study of Justin Sun's followers on Twitter and the date the accounts were created. And they are all, like not all of them, but a vast majority were created in the early stages of 2019. In other words, what a lot of people are saying is, he has been buying followers on Twitter. Now, again, if you're listening to this, there's a video I've linked. It's called a Chinese click farm. If you Google it on YouTube and you have a chance, basically what it is, it's a, imagine like a thousands of phones all like taped to, to a wall. They've programmed so they do whatever the user wants them to do. So fake followers, fake engagement, fake likes. It's very easy, in other words, to buy fake followers and fake likes. It's so easy. So yeah, that's what Justin's been doing. It's pretty evident from when the followers have come around that he's just been buying followers on Twitter, which it just, again, it comes down to the question like, what is he just doing this whole project to satisfy his own ego or is he trying to actually build a sustainable crypto project for the ecosystem um it's something that worries me i really that's why i don't like tron because the leadership side we've had a lot of stuff in the past which i've actually tried to defend like the plagiarism of the ethereum white paper the ethereum code etc uh but but from what it looks like it, it really seems like justin Sun's just trying to use this to make himself famous rather than actually build something of value in the ecosystem but again it's, it's not 
if when the market cap does pick up, unfortunately, as the saying goes, in a rising tide, all boats rise, Tron will likely increase. And what Justin is good at, and the reason why I made like 4,000% on Tron before, was because he knows how to hype the community, keep them engaged, and get the attention. So he gets all the investors who maybe don't do that much research, and they all buy in, and the price goes up, everybody thinks it's a great project. The haters, uh, or people who have facts and, you know, logic, um, that say, actually guys, look at this, this shouldn't be happening, they get shut down because the price is increasing. Why would you care if you're making money, right? That's why all Ponzi schemes win, because initially they make a lot of money, and then all of a sudden when the music stops, there's no chairs to sit on, and they collapse. So... Yeah, that's just my thoughts on Tron. There's a lot of shady stuff going on. I really hope Justin kind of turns around and stops this whole social media stunt and starts building uh, actual projects um, and sees some actual viable partnerships. I know there's been a few partnerships, uh, for example, with BitTorrent, but it, it's again, it's questionable. I think BitTorrent took a nice little exit, you know, multiple, and said, yeah, go ahead. This is all the de open source, you know, decentralized anyway. We don't really run it. Um, but it's worth looking into. So I'll just leave you there with my thoughts for Tron, and I'll move on to section three. So L Bank and BitZ have more volume than Binance according to CoinMarketCap. This was yesterday and, and actually it happens quite frequently. You see these very small exchanges go on the top volume on CoinMarketCap and, and many people question like how have they got so much volume? So I'm just going to read the segment I wrote and then I'll tell you why. So Binance is by far the largest exchange by volume and user base. So when two rather small unheard of exchanges indicate significantly higher volume than Binance, it raises some questions. The most probable cause for this is a thing called wash trading, where bots place a ton of buy and sell signals pretty much at the same price to give the illusion that there's a ton of volume when really only a small amount of capital is actually be actually being used. Many, many exchanges have these bots. Uh, it's a way to probe up. It's fake volume. Because if you actually went there and tried to buy and sell, it'd be very, very hard for your orders to fill. Trust me, I've done this on loads of small, small exchanges before. Even with like orders as small as like $1,000, on a $10 million apparent volume that didn't fill or it moved the market massively and, and the slippage, which is where if, if you use a market order, slippage is where you click market order, then the price drops and you take a loss just because there wasn't enough people selling or buying at that level. It's it's crazy. So yeah, long story short is the volume is fake and obviously manipulated, which which actually is illegal. And I would avoid using these exchanges. So when you see this type of volume, um, inconsistent volume, I would say, I would definitely reconsider using those exchanges. So LBank and Bitsy, uh, I'm probably not ever going to use. Um, I've kind of got my main main exchanges sorted. So the weekly summary section four is this week, you know, Bitcoin hasn't really done much. It's gone from 4K, just under 4K at the beginning of the week. It broke above 4K. Everybody's losing their, you know, their shit to say. And then it fell back down. And I, sa I said to, uh, in yesterday's newsletter, I said, look, it, it broke above, but we've actually seen it break above like three, four times now. And what happens is it breaks above and then it just drops back down. Um, so we've pretty much... Ex remained exactly where we were in terms of market cap. A lot of development and progression is going on in the background, as you've, as you've seen in all these newsletters, what's happening. Um, one good thing is that the trend from a technical standpoint is still positive. It's an upwards slant, but it can change very, very quickly. I'm really waiting to see for Bitcoin to break above 4.2K because this is kind of a support level. Um, and I'd be much more confident at this level there. Uh, I'm really sick of this bouncing between 3.9 and 4.1, nothing really happening. So the last point here for this newsletter slash podcast is that I'm interested to see what happens on Sunday and keep an eye out for it. Normally happens either Sunday evening or Monday morning. We see a significant move in the market. This is kind of when the Asian market wakes up. Um, and it's happened like six, seven weeks. So for the previous six, seven weeks, so it's happened pretty consistently. So I'm going to keep an eye out for that. So yeah, that is pretty much it for the first ever 
podcast newsletter. I need to think of a word for that. If, if one of you can think of like a cool way to describe that, let me know in the email, an email response. I reply and check all my emails. So yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this newsletter podcast thing. Uh, let me know what you think by just replying to me an email. It's me. I like I like speaking with you guys. Uh, it's really engaging. And yeah, I look forward to seeing you in episode 50. I'm going to see if I can do something special because it is the 50th episode. Uh, so yeah, I will see you then. That'll be on Monday. Have a good weekend and I'll speak to you soon.